Uh, it's good to have you back. It is debt, taxes, and Duval. I am Rick Ballou alongside Hayes Carline. Hayes on each and every day, 3 to 6. I am on after. Hayes is our beat writer for 1010XL and 92.5 FM, and I am the sideline reporter. What's up? What's up, man? We made it to episode two. Oh, man. How about that? Tell you what, the uh, the reaction after the first one was uh, <laughs> was something. Yeah, love it. Love it. Appreciate everybody uh, that listened to it, and uh, it was certainly uh, uh, an experience, and uh, excited about uh, moving on to the sequel. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. We do this each and every week. It's brought to you by our good friends over at Patriot Roofing. Whether it is your home, it is your business, uh, they're your one stop, the very finest and the latest brands, and uh, obviously you want something that is safe as well, so make sure you contact Patriot Roofing. Yeah, they are great, and we certainly appreciate that, and appreciate our friends from the law office of Stephen Doty. Stephen is such a great guy, huge Jaguars fan, really appreciate his support. Uh, If you're going through a bankruptcy, you're going through a divorce, any family law matter, uh, Stephen Doty is your guy. You can reach him at 416-8328. All right, let's get after it. Uh, I liked your piece this week on re-signing Cam Robinson. I I think you and I would both agree that it is the most important decision that this organization has to make, obviously, after Trevor Lawrence, which you and I believe uh, is is certainly going to uh, take place. Um, Let's begin with your thoughts on it. For those who didn't read the column, you can just go to 1010XL.com, but you believe they need to re-sign him to a long-term deal. Yeah, and these, Rick, I know you're like this too. To me, these are the fun topics, the fun things to write about, because it's a 50-50 call. I mean, I can see the other side of the argument. It, it is a it is a tough dilemma in terms of what the Jaguars should do. And for me, it comes down to this. A, I think Cam Robinson's going to play better than what we've seen. He's 25. He's got 50 career starts when you count the playoff games. I, I'm not ready to throw that away yet. I still believe that he's dealt with a lot of instability when you look at all the quarterbacks that he's had to block for. Uh, Bortles, Minshew, Foles, Luton, Glennon. You look at the offensive coordinators he's had to work under. Nathaniel Hackett, Scott Milanovic on an interim basis, John Filippo, Jay Gruden. There just has never been any stability, and hopefully that is now here with Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence, and hopefully they will start to win. So I still believe Cam Robinson has better football ahead of him than what we have seen. And my problem with the tag is I just feel like if you tag him, first off, I don't think he's played up to being franchise tagged. I agree with you there. Yeah, into a strategy of money. Yeah. So now you're talking about the transition tag. And, you know, the the difference there uh, is really not. I was thinking it would be like three or four million dollars, you know, fairly substantial. It's one, it it looks like it's going to project to about one and a half million dollar difference in salary cap savings. Well, that's not really. To yeah. me, one and a half million dollars is not all that substantial, um, and and even with the cap being reduced, so I, I don't think tagging him's the right the right call. And and the question that I have is, if you tag him, and let's say he plays really well, yes. now you're really stuck. Whereas yeah. I'd like to see a three year deal come in at roughly probably eleven twelve million a year is is sort of what the projections have him as. And just for you know comparison's sake, Trent Williams is going to be somewhere in that $18 million to $20 million uh, range. So, again, for me, and again, a part of this is, does Cam Robinson still want to be here? I mean, he's got to want to be here. But if he does, 
I'd love to see Cam Robinson on a three-year deal because I I think that there's I think there's another level he's going to hit. What about you? Well, it, you know it's interesting because uh, I mean if you can get him three years, eleven million per. I mean that that really is uh, a convenient deal for this team. It's a uh, almost one that you could make a point that is somewhat of a hometown discount. I'm not as high on Cam Robinson uh, as you are, and first off, I'm conflicted here between tagging him. Or going in a different direction. Now, tagging him would be worrisome for me for the simple reason won't be around during the offseason, won't be here during August. You got your franchise quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. You got the most important position on the football field outside of quarterback is your left tackle. So getting to know him, the relationship, the cadence, the understanding, the patterns, all that is lost because he's going to hold out. Franchise tag guys do. So that is a risk for me. That is a reason why looking at a franchise tag, I'm a little bit leery about it, but I just don't believe he's earned Big money at left tackle. Now, if you can get him for $11 million a year, as you stated, okay, that's a little bit different. That that, that gets me thinking a little bit. But I'm kind of one of those who believes his camp's going to ask for $14, 15000000 million a year. And if it's a three-year deal, again, that's a good thing. What if he wants a four-year deal? You know, Has he earned it at this particular point? The guy was out of shape a couple of years ago towards ACL. Hell, he came out of a game this year with a wrist injury. I um, I wonder about giving him the bag. Will the desire still be there for Cam Robinson? I like your way of thinking. Pay him. He's going to get better. We don't know. I, I've seen too many guys around here. Julius Thomas. I mean, Telvin Smith. Too many guys get the bag, and then their play ends up not being as good. It's a huge concern with Cam Robinson in terms of that. My thinking is this. If you don't get what you want out of Cam Robinson this year, we've seen this franchise get out of a dreadful Blake Bortles extension to be able to get out of a dreadful Nick Foles contract. If they had to eat the Cam Robinson deal after a year, Mm -hmm. uh, if he's just putrid, then we've seen that you can maneuver that in this day and age. Th- those, that contract would not be as penal as the Bortles extension or Correct. the Foles yep. one. So I think you can maneuver it. It's it's going to be a gamble either way. Yeah. Uh, you know, if they let them test, if they elect not to tag them, they just say, you know, they just wave goodbye to him. And I'll say this, if Cam Robinson doesn't want to be here, I would let him go. Uh-huh. I would not tag him. Right. If he shows any signs of not wanting to be here. But if he wants to be here, then I, I would be interested in, in signing him long term. But it's uh it's one of those things that if you don't if you don't solve it through an extension or through the tag and he tests the market and he goes elsewhere, then it becomes an issue of okay, well now what are you doing at left tackle at that position? Yeah, I mean listen, your plan is the best plan for stability of this organization to bring back an offensive line for a third consecutive year, the same five guys left to right. That would be the best case scenario. I just don't know if he has earned the price tag that he is going to be asking. And then you gotta you know, then you gotta turn around and say, all right, well then what do you do? Do you spend money try to get one of these thirty three year old uh, left tackles who's going to be available uh, via free agency. Trent Williams is going to cost eighteen to twenty million. We'll see if in the next two weeks he ends up getting tagged uh, by San Francisco. You know what I think is an interesting possibility, and I don't know if left tackle will fit into the position. It may be somewhere else, like perhaps a corner or maybe a wide receiver. But the Jaguars, outside of I guess the 
uh, trade uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, how come I can't think of his name? The running back uh, from Cleveland. Uh, uh, Carlos Hyde. Carlos Hyde. We gave him a fifth-round pick. The Jaguars have done a nice job over the years unloading guys for picks. Last year, I mean, it was a money grab or get rid of a money situation with Calais Campbell. They say goodbye to him, got a fifth rounder from Baltimore. Jacksonville's in a perfect situation this year where they can become that team to acquire a Stephon Diggs, to acquire a Calais Campbell. What if there's a team that is cash-strapped, needs to get under the cap, they're willing to move a front-line player. I know left tackle may be a little crazy, but a front-line player uh, for, let's say, a you know a late Saturday draft pick. Yeah, it's a good thought. Would you have any interest in, uh, uh, is it, I always get this wrong, Orlando Brown from the Ravens? There's the, there's the right tackle that now wants to play left tackle. Right. Here's my problem there. Big guy, loves to eat. I mean, enormous guy. But he's a right tackle who played left tackle. Obviously, they're set there at that particular position. He's really going to want to get paid again. Heard kind of mixed reviews on him. I don't hate it. Uh, but right now, that would not be my first option either. I, I, I would try to go elsewhere uh, for a left tackle. I would love to have Trent Williams. I just don't know if he's going to be available. Right. And you put a franchise tag on him in San Francisco, he's going to go crazy. I mean, he missed a year a couple of uh, seasons ago in Washington, D.C. Um, if not, then you're talking about, you know, this is a very deep class uh, as far as the NFL draft is concerned. I know that presents a totally different problem. Do you want your franchise quarterback to be protected by a 21-year-old left tackle? Yeah, it's 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 certainly a conundrum. And with Trent Williams, I don't think, I could be wrong, I don't think he can be tagged. But I don't think, I think it's in his deal that he can't really? be. Really? Yeah, which is, which is unique. But I also don't think there's much of a chance that San Francisco lets him get away. Yeah. I mean, it mm-hmm. seems like the vibe coming out of there is he's going to be a 49er. Mm-hmm. And if he does hit the market at this stage in his career, he's going to probably find a contender that's willing to pay him that money. So oh, Russell Acun. Yeah, so with the Jaguars, that's a, that's a great one. Um, you know, I, I think w- I agree with you on the trade, the, the potential trade for uh, the Ravens tackle, because again, to me, this is where each decision that you make knocks down a domino. And and is that good or bad? Well, in this case, I'd rather have Cam Robinson at eleven, twelve million and keep my twenty fifth overall pick in the draft and have that seven million dollars extra that I can now maybe go upgrade at nickel corner uh for DJ Hayden, who was an expected back, versus if I make that trade and I acquire the Ravens tackle, okay, now I'm getting him, but I have to easily give up 25th pick in this draft and probably more and uh and i have to pay him 18 to 20 million dollars so to me it's one of those things where i i agree with you that's not the route i would go either if it comes down to it and and cam robinson doesn't really want to be here or george warhop and urban meyer get together and say we don't think that it's in our best interest to retain him to tag him or or you know to to sign him to the kind of money he's going to want it gets really interesting, and your thought is a good one with the cap coming down. There could be a starting left tackle that maybe a team is is ready to move on from for a pick. Yeah, I mean, high price guys. Um, the former Gator, the, uh, Trent Brown could be available. Right. Nate Solder, uh, New York could be available. I mean, these are expensive guys, but you know, I'm just throwing it out there. I'm, I'm wondering you know, who could end up 
uh, becoming available, you know, the cap is going to be down probably somewhere in the neighborhood of around 15 to $16 million from a year ago. You're listening to Death, Taxes, and Duval. That's Hayes Carline. My name is Rick Ballou. All right. Um, over the last two years, in the first half of play, the Jaguars have averaged less than eight points in the first 30 minutes. That's just okay. Good. They're coming out to begin the third quarter averaging less than eight points a game. So what does that mean? They be, they're one-dimensional in the second half. For Cam Robinson, you know what he's being asked to do in the second half. He's being asked to pass block. Defenses can pin ears back and go after quarterbacks around here that have been far less than adequate. So I do understand that side of it, of can Cam Robinson get better with better coaching, a balanced offensive tack, finally, I mean, a decent offensive scheme. Every single year we hear this is going to be the offensive scheme. This is going to be the one, and it isn't. So all of these ideas, all of these situations could present a serious argument that Cam Robinson actually is the guy. But for me, I've yet to see it. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's that's sort of what I, I understand people that say, look, he's been here four years and we've yet to see it. I, I totally get that. But I also see a guy who's yet to hit the prime of his career. Now, the prime of that career may not end up being all that sensational. Right. But the guy's 25 years old. Yeah, he's young. And one of those years was an ACL injury suffered in the third game of the year, which did affect him going into the next year. I think you look at his rookie year, I think Mm -hmm. everybody, I mean, the fact that he survived it and almost made it to the Super Bowl, uh, you know, I I thought was, showed a lot of guts. And last year, uh, there were moments at the end of the Green Bay game where they, both tackles sort of caved in Mm -hmm. on the final sequence. But I do think that, I think instability has been a problem, and I, I would be curious to see with Trevor Lawrence, who I do think will be much better, in ter- even as a rookie, than what we have seen out of the Jaguar quarterbacks since uh, 23rd, since I've been covering them. And uh, I think when you look at all of that, I think it can make Cam Robinson a better player. And again, I understand if they move on, but I just I would hate to go into... I don't think the market right now is is not great for left tackles, assuming Trent Williams doesn't get out of sight. I think it's the weakest position in football. It, it, it is. And so now you're going into the draft with everybody knowing that you're looking for a starting left tackle starting at, you know, that 25th pick. And I you know, I think that's a tough place to be. So, um I would roll the dice that they will get serviceable to good play out of Cam Robinson. And look, if you don't, you you cut them mm-hmm. after a year, and and that's no fun. Uh, it, it's there's a hit there, but it's not going to be so substantial that it's going to change whatever they want to do. They are still going to have so much of this roster on rookie contracts. They had so many rookies this past year. Not all of them will survive the cut to fifty three this year, but a lot of them will. And they're they have eleven picks in this yeah. draft, right? So I mean, they may not they may not draft eleven guys, but they're probably drafting nine. Yep. And those are going to be nine guys that these guys think should be on this team because they've already evaluated the what they've inherited. Uh, the fact that Urban Meyer and Trent Baalke elected to keep George Warhop. And for him, Urban, to state during the Trevor Lawrence workout to Jane Slater of NFL Network that 
he didn't see the offensive line as, as being that big of a problem or, or that big of an issue. To me, that really spoke volumes because I, I think around here forever, it has been considered one of the major you know Achilles heels of, of this football organization. But for reasons that you and I have outlined, maybe there is a broader scope that they do think that it's not as bad. Norwell and Linder inside with Can, not as bad. And yet, Taylor struggled, some false starts. He got beat uh, on some bull rush moves this year. But, you know, getting ready for his third year, he wants to get paid. You know, he's got two years before his big payday. Uh, maybe this offensive line is a lot better than people are willing to give credit for. And I like the idea of cohesiveness. I do like the idea it would be their third year together. I like the idea that none of them are particularly old. I mean, Brandon Linder is, what, barely into his 30s. Andrew Norwell is probably right around there. Uh, Can is still a young player. He's he's probably 28, 29. Um, he, obviously, you mentioned Jawan's still very young on his rookie deal, and, and Cam Robinson would be going into year five at 25 years old. None of these guys are ancient. I mean, so they they you have that going for you. You have the fact that they've played together for a while going for you, and you have that their position coach is back. And again, it wouldn't surprise me if Urban Meyer evaluated it and said, the line isn't the problem. What we need, we need speed on the perimeter. Right. We need speed to complement James Robinson. Mm-hmm. And we need a quarterback. I need some balance. That can get it done, which yep. they just, frankly, this offensive line, I mean, again, Look at not that the quarterback affects everything you know that the offensive line does and that they're never to be blamed for something, but Cam Robinson has not played with a decent NFL quarterback. No, he hasn't in his entire career. That's fair. That is absolutely fair. And you go back to the AFC Championship game run that year. They had 527 pass attempts, 527 rushing attempts. I think last year the number was like 616 in the air and like. 342 on the ground or something like that, nearly two for one, going back to what we said earlier that, you know, come the second half, you you know exactly what is going on and that they are going to pass, not run. You know what else this offensive line is missing that I'd love to see, Hayes? I want some nasty. Yeah. Yeah, We saw it in the Super Bowl. We saw it in the playoffs with that Buccaneers offensive line. You weren't going to touch Tom Brady. That offensive line, now again... They haven't had great quarterbacks around here, so maybe that's part of it. But, you know, when I came over here in 96, man, Baselli was an animal. Our colleague Cersei was an animal. Mm-hmm. Dave Waddell was dirty. Okay, Ben Coleman was a stability at left guard. And I, I know they switched up right guards with DeMarco and, and Tilski, But that was a formidable offensive line that had a lot of pride. And when it got deep into the ditch... They would get nasty. I haven't seen that from anyone on this offensive line. It's a great point. That makes me wonder, is there some, is some of that generational that we just don't see that as much as we used to see it uh, you know in the in the 25 year span of football. Um, but you bring up you know Tampa Bay, who I mm-hmm. think had it. So it can be it can be cultivated. The other thing too is that, that you hinted at that I think is dead on. They've never believed in their guy. Yeah. And and that's where that edge comes out. I think they all believed in Mark Brunel. Oh, yeah. And they knew that if they gave him time, good right. things would happen. Uh, and if somebody took a cheap shot or, you know, got after him, it was going to piss him off. Um, I don't know that this offensive line has had anybody that they really believe in. They've had to lie and tell us 
Yeah, yeah, I believe. Oh, he's, oh, he's, oh yeah. But, I mean, I've never seen anybody have a training camp like this. But you can I mean, tell with body language, and I mean, I remember Gardner Minshew this year when he came in after uh, they. I'm trying to remember the the wheel of fortune here with with quarterbacks. It might have been uh, was it Luton who was sat down at that point? Heck, I <laughs> I don't even remember now, and I I've and I should blacked it from my long term yeah. memory. Um, but Minshew came in and he scored a touch a rushing touchdown. And it was one, there was one guy on the team who met him in the end zone to congratulate him. And that was Ben Barch, okay, the rookie who was <laughs> right. in for A.J. Can. The rest of the offensive yeah. line, the wide receivers, they had already run to the sideline. Now, they were yeah. getting blown out in the game. They were down yeah. by three touchdowns. But that's, and it, you know, it actually might have been Glennon who, who was in before. But that's kind of my point. Yeah. You don't want that. You, you want, when you're scoring a touch, you want that offensive line to – to be there around your quarterback, so uh, I, I think in this league you're you're as good as what you go out and do. Uh, all that other nonsense is going to go away, and you're going to lose your team if you can't play. And, and I think Urban Meyer is is a big uh, linchpin to this because we're expecting Urban Meyer to have motivational tactics that are unique and that work at this level. And the offensive line is, I mean, man, that's where it starts. I mean, when when coach gets up and speaks to the team, he's speaking to the offensive line because they are going to set the tone for how it goes. Your linemen are going to set the tone. And, you know, that's another element of this because I I don't know that the line has played. I, I think the line has played better than people think, but I agree with you. There has not been a real sense of wow these guys are th- these guys are dangerous uh-huh. i mean these 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 guys have a little bit of a, a in a good sense screw loose mm-hmm. and 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 you don't see a lot of that and maybe this will be the coach that can sort of bring that out in them all right it'll be interesting to monitor this well, let's wrap it up with again i i am uh, i'm going to take a a hard pass on cam if they get a deal done with him and they say he's the left tackle, you know what, uh, I'll support it, and certainly I hope it does work out. But where I'm at right now, I- I'm just not on board. As far as negotiations, okay, the window opens up on what, the 15th, that 48-hour tampering period mm-hmm. or legal tampering yep. period, then, then it starts on the 17th. So that's about three weeks away. Uh, the draft is, uh, what, uh, uh, I think it's uh, seven Thursdays from tomorrow night. That's right. Okay, yep. that's getting closer. When do you begin negotiations to try to get something done with Cam Robbins? I I would start now. I mean, I, I would start now. They, I would think that it took Urban so long to assemble his staff, and they're still announcing people, new people to the organization. So you'd like to think that now they've really. I mean, he's known this is going to be the decision that this is going to be your first decision that the Cam Robinson. I don't care about what Keelan Cole does and what the other free. I mean, the decision is Cam Robinson. Oh, yeah, and, no doubt. And so I would think that that's what they've been really grinding on for this last week or two. And I would think as soon as you have that decision, yeah, I would start negotiating. I would not tag. They could tag him now. Mm-hmm. I would not do that because I would not want to place him into that stratosphere of money. But I would I would have a dialogue with his agent. I would try and get a deal done reasonable to what the projections that we're seeing are. And I'd like to lock it up and yeah. be done with it and be able to move on to the rest of free agency knowing that we have that solved 
and now let's go spend the resources that we have. And again, you're 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 at almost eighty million in cap space. So let's say Cam's first year number is just ten. Just to, I mean, you're still looking at seventy million dollars in which to go spend. Um, that's what I would do. I would try and get a deal done sooner rather than later. All right, you heard Hayes mention Keelan Cole uh, next week. Among the things that we'll do is uh, talk about some other uh, possible free agents who are here who, who may end up, um, you know, plenty are, are, are there. But I can only honestly think of about maybe three or four that, that really interest me as far as bringing them back. So we'll, we'll spend some time doing that next week here on Death Taxes and Duval. Thank you to our sponsors, Patriot Roofing and Patriot Roofing Services right here in Jacksonville. Their number is 904-509-7732. Really doesn't matter whether it's your home or your business. Uh, they have everything that you could possibly look for. Check them out online at patriotroofing.com or again, give them a call, 904-509-7732. Yeah, and really appreciate the law office of Stephen Doty for supporting this podcast. Uh, Stephen's a great dude, big Jags fan, and uh, he can help you in all sorts of legal issues. If if you're having a tough time financially, uh, if you're thinking about declaring bankruptcy, Stephen's an excellent resource. But also if if you have a family law issue, if you're going through a divorce or maybe a divorce that, that was a few years ago, but there's some something's changed in your life and you want to look at amending the, the court order, Stephen's a great person to talk to about that. You can reach Stephen Doty at 416-8328. Hayes Carlon on each and every day, 3 to 6. He is our Jaguars beat writer. You can also get all of his uh, material, his columns, by going to 1010XL.com. Your Twitter handle, is it handle or account? That's a great question. I think it's handle? Yeah, I think. Sure, we'll yeah, go, sure. We'll go hey, uh, on this. We can do whatever we want. Yeah, you can find me at uh, Hayes Carlion, H-A-Y-S-C-A-R-L-Y-O-N. There you go. That is Hayes. My name is Rick Ballou on After Hayes. I do nights around here. I am also lucky enough to be the Jaguars sideline reporter. You can get me on Twitter at Ballou, B-A-L-L-O-U, 1010X. L. Two in the books. Two in the books. Enjoyed it. Two in the books. I enjoyed it as well. We got much more to do each and every week. We love to talk to you about the Jaguars, and around here, we call it Death, Taxes, and Duval.